Welcome everybody to Little League Podcast, your show for DAO insights and deep dives. The DAO space is very hard to track on your own. There's so much going on in this space, and with this show, we talk to some of the best DAO operators and thought leaders in this space to help you grasp what's going on. My name is Abhishek Ajit, and along with me is my co-host Abhishek Sanavne. Hey Abhishek, what's up? Like <laughs> <laughs> having kind of mixed feelings about it. Now I'll be returning back to Bangalore soon. So yeah, really <laughs> looking forward to that. But yeah, stoked for this for this conversation. We have been following the guest, uh, this particular guest on Twitter for some time now, and have been meaning to get them on the show. And yeah, finally we are here. So let's get this rolling. Yeah, we've this one's a pretty good call I'm looking to have. When I was midway through my DAO journey, I just started to see this particular community rise. Way with which they've built their community and the culture that they've brought in it's a pretty neat thing to see. Community management and building just gets lostness as that utilitarian thing, but then it has to be driven down to be able to create that sort of self organized communities if you do not care about your community well enough if you are not able to take care of them properly then no amount of incentive frameworks and on chain tooling is going to help we have it's all about the people in the end of the day and we have to get focused on that and this particular community just turned one almost a year old a couple of weeks back and the way they've mobilized a community around their platforms pretty wild we have with us madam cult leader ian from wonderverse uh who has come out with some phenomenal insights around inclusive communities and how she's managed to create a space around her insights she's a great follow on twitter and has done some pretty cool interviews as well which is why we were pretty stoked to have her on board and probably talk about the whole wonderverse story and more importantly her own experience following or across it how are you doing that's and it's nice to have you on the show but yeah, no, it's great to be here. I my name is Anne. Like I said, my pronouns are they them, and I'm the head of community over at Wonderverse or Wonder, whichever you prefer. And Wonder is building the coordination layer for Web three projects, DAOs, and organizations. And what coordination layer means is we're just building the infrastructure so web, people who are interested in Web three tools and technology can start to use it to build their own universe and to dream. Um, to dream whatever project they want to create. So that's why I joined Wonder. I was an early employee just after they had done their their seed rate, their seed round. And I actually, it's a funny story how I joined Wonder because I was actually interviewing with Cosmos to be a, their, one of their community leads. And Cosmos, I love them. They're an incredible blockchain. And I was very excited to work with them. But then I got the last moment, like Wonder slid an interview in there and I had, and usually I'm very good at doing my due diligence and like, I, I'm a good interviewer. So I didn't research wonder at all. And then I was like, okay, let me just quickly, before I jump on the call, like research what this is about. And I don't know what it was, but it felt like the universe was speaking to me when I went on their landing page, I was like, this is going to be huge. Nobody knows this is going to be huge, but I know in this crypto winter, in this low interest cycle, this is what we need, right? This is what we need to get the next a million, a hundred million, a billion people into Web3. It's not going to be another layer one. It's not going to be another layer two. It's going to be this. So I had that moment when I was talking to Andros and Andros and Adam, who were two of the co-founders along with Terry. And I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I did not prepare enough for this, but I'm really excited about this project. <laughs> and I really would love to be one of the early members and building this community and figuring out how we can 
make this project successful, make this company successful, make this product successful. And I've been at the company for a year now, almost, and I am so happy with that choice to try to build this project with them. Yeah. You take a look at career trajectories, including mine. The best opportunities come where you think like it's serendipity. You don't like really do a lot of research, but the way it just came together, it's not like you planned for it all to happen. And in that Correct. sense, it's pretty cool to meet with Wonderverse that way. And just stepping back for a minute, Wonder had, I was there to view how Wonder was going. They had launched their token at the time. The Discord was just beginning and they had that landing page ready with the Wonder token being promoted along with some concept of what the, not the tool concept. But what I wanted to understand was, what was your views of DAOs at the time? And how do you think they were going to be massive? And what did you find and wonder at that time that made you think, oh, fuck, this is going to click? Like, hey. Yeah. So I think I'm, my backgrounds, and we can get into this, but my backgrounds in chemistry, before I even went into Web3, I was an analytical and organic chemist. I did that for a number of years. And I work with PhDs. I just have a bachelor's myself, but I work with PhDs. I was very successful in that. And I think one of the biggest skills I gained from that is like doing good research and understanding like complex technical stuff. And one thing I noticed very early on in like the DAO space in Web3 was that I didn't feel like it was living up to what people were saying it was. And I think there's a few pieces of why. I think at least in the US, and I don't know how it is where you guys are located, but I don't know if you're in the US or not, but basically I just noticed that in the US we've come, we have the, we, most of us have lived, worked from corporations, very top-down, very authoritarian structures. And I first noticed that one, the cultural imagination of what DAOs could be was a limiting factor, right? So what people can imagine work looks like. So what is the future of work? The second was the technology. When I got into Web3, it was late 2019, early 2020, and I couldn't afford, and I'm, I made decent money as a chemist, I couldn't afford to do many transactions on ETH L1. Right. And Bitcoin was useless in terms of really being an economy. Right. It was just like a, a value exchange, which is not to knock it. That's just what it is. Um, it is the truth, and we all got screwed on the gas fees and <laughs> Bitcoin also, by the way. Frankly, a lot yes. of the reason why people came into Ethereum and most of DAOs itself was they wanted to find better alternatives early. And glad to say we, we share the same story that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because like that was a big thing for me where I was like, okay, if we want to do on-chain governance, it's not going to be accessible or even sensible to do it on chain if each transaction is going to be $10. So I think when I entered the space, there was those two factors, there's the cultural and then there's the technological. I think now in late 2022, we're in an, a, a very exciting time. And I know it's a low interest cycle or bear market as people call it, but this is the most exciting time for me because I see the technology maturing and I see tools coming out that abstract the complex technology in a way that everybody can understand, right? Wonder is a tool of that. Utopia Labs, Guild, right? You have all these different platforms, Lens, right? All these different platforms are coming out and they're starting to imagine and abstract the blockchain layer away so that your mom, your aunt, your friend who doesn't care about Web3 at all or the technology can start to understand how powerful it really is and the power that decentralized technology can provide our society. 
So I think we're at that precipice moment. And I think Wonder and all the partners we have are really going to usher in that next era of this is actually usable and not just a tech enthusiast space. That my point is you were experimenting with a lot of what's going on with these tools. I think that was a whole space before like last year, there's DeFi, you had NFTs and the underlying community was just a way to make that price action pump and for a way to have that sort of enthusiast. But we never saw it as a way for people to like really organize for greater purposes than that. You take a look at DAOs, there's so many DAOs coming up. You have impact DAOs, you have DAOs that foster inclusion and all of these were use cases, all of these were communities that came together because you had that sort of tooling developed that made it possible. Now communities are coming across because ownership is possible and you have the ease of coordinating across the globe. What was your view? Something that changed from you starting out as a chemist, you had this interest in crypto. How did this whole fascination for DAOs come into the picture? And you were a chemist, this aspect of dealing with hundreds of people. That's a completely different ball game. That sort of skill sets were different. What was your experiences like that connected the dots for both DAOs and your interest towards communities? Yeah, I think one thing about chemistry that I didn't find inspiring was that most people didn't really care about it. And this is not a knock on chemistry. Chemistry is critically important for our society, but found that I didn't feel like it was solving the issue of our time. When I got into chemistry, my professors were probably like 50, 60, 40s. And when they were coming into chemistry, it was more important, I think. There was more things that chemistry could solve for us as a society. And there still are things. I worked in cement and concrete technologies and decreasing carbon emissions from cement pouring, from concrete pouring. So using cement, concrete pouring is a big deal. Renewable resources, sand depletions, whatever. But I felt that... The issue was not actually the chemistry. There are brilliant chemists. The issue was societal coordination. The issue was an uneducated populace. The issue was people not getting involved. And I saw, just, I'm 27, I grew up on the internet. My dad was an is an intellectual engineer and I had internet very young. And I think what the internet has shown me is it's a powerful tool that we don't know how to use yet, right? So I say the internet, so I say web two and web three are fraternal twins and the internet is their mother, right? We see web two and web three are these opposing forces, but web two and web three kind of came about around the same time, which is the late 2000s. So for me, I see these things as a co-evolution, both parts equally as required to, use the internet in a way that can actually create meaningful change in our societies. And for us to have a voice and for us to see that other people care. If you go online and everyone's just like bickering and it's like Twitter, it's people are not really having productive conversations. But if you start to then have small communities of people around the world who start to see, oh, actually there are other humans who really care about the things I care about, that changes our psychology that changes what we believe can happen in our world. And also, I think another thing Web3 does technologically, but also socially, is it dissolves borders. It starts to make us see that we're just one species distributed around a floating rock, right? <laughs> like we're all in this together in some ways. And I think Web3 really highlights 
that in a way that chemistry could never highlight, in a way that I could never engage with chemistry. Chemistry was about solving a technical issue, right? It was about how can I make this reaction happen with a 98% yield instead of a 40% yield? But I think the question that compels me more is how do we then apply that amazing science in a way that improves our society? And that is, I think, baked into the Web3 question. And now I think the tech of Web3 is getting mature enough where we can start to do these social coordination games in a way that might be able to solve some of the human coordination issues we have. So just to understand a little bit, you came from this background of chemistry and switched into community building. So what are the learnings that you got from that world that have helped you become like a better community manager or like how has it helped you yeah. in your journey? I think a big part was I've always been a social person. I think my ability to communicate, but that's not because I was a chemist. I think what chemistry did for me was learn the ability to digest complex information in a way that people can understand, right? So a big issue in Web3 is actually science communication, right? Technical folks tend to not be trained or are bad at telling people what they're doing. And I think Web3 suffers from this a lot, right? People talk in these very heady, arcane words that do mean things, but don't mean things to normal people. <laughs> like when you, when you tell someone what decentralized means or what fungible means, like no one knows. Maybe like 10% of the population knows what those words mean. And maybe less really know what it means and think critically about the word. So like for me, my transition to Web3 was an opportunity for me to use my communication skills and also figure out, because I was an organic chemistry tutor in college. And one thing I learned from that experience was that organic chemistry is not as hard as people make it out to be. I was good at it, sure. But people who teach it are not able to meet people where they are. So when I was doing organic chemistry tutoring, I was able to help students that were struggling a lot understand it and really start to love it and help them in the class. So I think that is what I took from chemistry the most moving to community management was my ability to digest complex ideas into simpler ones and still keep the heart of the complexity. And I think that is a really hard skill. A lot of people I've noticed when they do simplify things, we get things like wallet, right? But it's not really a wallet, right? Because you have things in your wallet when you are using a Web3 address, it's on chain. <laughs> so it's not, so it's again, like these abstractions are not really the best way to communicate what's going on technically, but that's just because people who are developing this language weren't thinking about the end user. So I think that's what I really bring from my kind of interesting background to Web3 in community management space. That's pretty Awesome that, that it's not been a Web3 issue. I think it's been a general crypto issue for the past 10 to 15 years. That I agree. You, you just never had people who actually cared enough to explain these things to the ordinary person. You only had people who were very keen on iterating, just getting to that next innovation front. Okay, getting the roll-ups, getting layer twos, layer threes, but we haven't even started using a wallet yet. You're getting straight to layer twos and roll-ups and people have to be onboarded to all these things. And Fred Wilson in 2018 was saying the same thing that 
projects need to invest more in storytellers they need to invest more in yeah community people sadly we've come a long way with the whole dao the whole dao revolution itself you have people coming in from different backgrounds like for example you, you yourself coming in from the whole chemist scene to now what i find fascinating is that you've taken this key trait that is you had the patience to distill these tough concepts of chemistry and you distilled it down to people who didn't understand that and that turns out to be a very critical thing for a community manager you're dealing with all sorts of people who know their stuff people who don't know anything people who are a little malicious people who come in with great intent and you need to have the patience and be that role model to be able to take them to their routes either you kick them out if they are soft if they are making a bad job or <laughs> you allow them to be a part of the whole broader culture itself if they pan out very well and in that sense you just come and see the whole dao space it's pretty awesome to see the sort of diverse bunch of people that's just come in and created this much stories that just get people invested in the broader narratives which we care about and in that sense it's a good pivot to transitioning into wonderverse itself now you've had this angle that yes you know that you've had this innate instinct that you want to do something bigger than yourselves rather than just figuring out the next biggest efficiency for a certain compound <laughs> you want to do that for society itself what exactly did it click for you with wonderverse what is wonderverse for people who are not aware wonderverse is pretty out there in the dao space but for for broader dao people who don't really know what exactly is wonderverse all about how does it help the broader dao space and why did you get so connected that you had to work with it and you're doing such a great job with it for a year now Yeah, I think the big thing, I wonder does a lot of things as a platform, but I think for me what's what it does most critically is help organizations scale in a web3 native way. So I think a big issue with DAOs and this is not necessarily their fault, but a big issue is scalability and accountability. right <laughs> as you guys know i think wonder as a product as a platform solves those things right what it does is it allows cuz you know you have like project management softwares like asana like trello whatever but what wonder does differently is it allows the nuanced permissions that are required for a dao right so in wonder you can have a workspace and you can have pods within your workspace all of those things can have different permissions you can token gate your workspace you can eventually on the roadmap we're going to have token gating for the pods we're, and it allows you to have public or private tasks that you can create and again those are public private per the pod or workspace requirements and we have bounties as well and i think a big issue that is solving is that it's allowing people to say here's what we're doing where do you want to jump in because the problem with DAOs is people are like we want you to join come help us and then they put all the onus on the new people coming in which makes no sense in my opinion if you're trying to grow and scale your organization if you say to people hey come and join and then they come and join and then like, you want me to do you tell us what you want to do No. <laughs> Sorry. That's not how that's not how good organizations work. I get why people do that because they're overwhelmed. They have a lot of stuff on their plate. But what I hope Wonder can provide for people is a way to say, here's what we need help with. Here's the task we're working on. And it provides some level of accountability and almost a trail 
of what DAOs are really doing internally, externally, and allowing people to see that. So that I think is the biggest use case of Wonder. And I really think it's gonna help these kind of new global organizations get their feet correct. Because right now, the biggest issue is that some will come in, wanna help, wanna join, are passionate about the community, passionate about the vision, and then they come and they're just left there to be confused. I know people love the phrase, oh, drinking from a fire hose. But drinking from the fire hose, in my opinion, is actually a very negative thing and a thing that the organization is failing on. Because again, like my background, nothing is too complicated to let somebody understand it. And if you are like spraying people, <laughs> the water pressure's at 100, or whatever, that is not going to leave people with a good impression. And the people who you're going to get to stay are only going to be one type of person. The point of Web3 for me is to accept human biodiversity, right? To make sure everyone can be present. And if we're only, if we're only selecting for the people who can go through that turbulence, we're selecting out people who cannot. That's pretty neat. What I love about this insight is that all these insights that you're talking about, especially with the work that you've done with Wonder per se, when I look back at the start of your community, because I've been tracking this community for quite some time, is that most DAO, most DAO tooling at that time, most DAOs in general, just fail to get that sort of documentation and that sort of welcoming nature in which you have these pathways to contributions. You had it all mapped out where people understood the tools all about, how they could contribute, where is this community going? How should you be within the wonder, within a certain community? All these things were never really mapped out. And it was really fascinating to see how it just connected to the dots with what you're saying here. My question is the way your community is so vibrant in some way. A lot of people had those tokens coming in, but you had a fantastic culture that really made you develop that sort of thing. How was it to for you to develop that sort of community? And what were the insights you learned during that whole process and the involvement of your team and all of that? One thing I'll say is that community building is harder than chemistry, in my opinion. And I said this, <laughs> I was on Chase Chapman's podcast and I said this as well. And I think what's hard about community building and especially what's hard about coming into community building and community management at the end of the bull market into the crash was that it also a product was, I joined the team pre-product. So we were still building everything. So I was like a community manager that was like managing a community with the product not being released. So it was definitely a very tricky spot, but I had made it work and I'm proud of what I did. And I think for me, the hardest part was recognizing that a lot of communities in Web3 are not big enough to support community. And you have like bank lists and like these giant ones, right? But when you're starting a community, it's really hard to build something meaningful, right? To build something that feels like it's giving back and helping people. One thing I've recognized as well in Web3 specifically, Web3 community management specifically, I recognize that I'm not sure Discord is the way to do that. I think a lot of Web3 communities are more about audience building and then having a community ready to direct them to. So 
a kind of pivot because we just launched Orbit 2, which is a kind of our season model. So in Orbit 2, one thing that Kim and I, who was on the community team, we realized was that in the slow interest cycle, but even in the high interest cycle, Discord wasn't driving value for the community. It wasn't doing what I thought it would do. And I also recognize that people want less to always be participating and would rather be listening or engaging with content. And that was like a big realization for me. I just, I, I was new to community management. This is something I think more veteran community managers know, but that was really shocking to me because I thought it was as simple as I'm going to make an amazing discord. That's really great. And people are going to come. And that's not really, and of course our discord like has a lot of people come in, people say hi, whatever, but I recognize that time is valuable. And I didn't think that discord and being there was giving value back to our community. So in our pivot in orbit two, what we're doing now is we're focusing more on Twitter. I know Twitter is now contentious. We'll see what happens, but we're pivoting to just having more content that is async. And we've always done this. We always said async community calls and async whatever, but now we're going to do more Twitter, casual audience building stuff. And also we're going to be doing a podcast, which we have a podcast, but Kim and I are going to be doing an, I'm not sure if you see this book, but we're going to be doing a book club where Kim and I are going to be reading a book and they're not web three books, which is intentional. We're reading books about organizational competence, organizational management, co-ops, like things that are not in web three, but we can learn a lot from. I think another tendency of Web3 is to forget that history exists and that other things have been tried. And it's important to learn from that. So we're going to be reading Operating Manual for Spaceship Earth by our Buckmeiser Fuller, shorter book. And then we're going to, after that, and this is a sneak peek, we're going to be reading Reinventing Organizations, this book. Wow. That's all about, yeah, it's a great book. I've read it personally, but which is all about organizational competence, organizational management, creating the next generation of organizations. So I think that would be really valuable content for DAO operators, DAO contributors to just inject some more intermediate knowledge rather than just everything being about beginners and Web3 newbies. So did this, I'm stoked by the decision of you starting a book club. Give some alpha for your listeners. When are you starting this and when can we join? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be, so it's going to be a podcast and we're going to announce on Twitter the when the episode is going to be released and what pages they're going to be on yeah. and people can read alongside or they can just listen to our distilled insights. It's going to be, I'm, I personally like content that's more conversational. It's not going to be as like rigid and professional. It's just going to be more like the Wonderverse team chatting with each other about what insights we took from the book and how they can be applied to web three and what novel ways they can be applied to web three. So I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. But I think for the broader DAO operator space itself, we're just hungry to just get that next mirror content about how to optimize for our own communities and things like that. And I mean, with the sort of, when you have a vibing team, just come in and have those insights put out there. I think it'll just make for some phenomenal engaging content. And totally. yeah, absolutely. But just stepping back for a second here, you had this concept of getting in the book club uh, because you felt that it could add value for DAO operators in inception. Now, very good insight of adding in content to engage with your community rather than have a discord. If you think of your discord as an organizational environment, it doesn't make sense to double down on that to be able to engage. There's no point having the fanciest office space in the world if you don't have that sort of passion or if your team's not working out. So it's true. A, it's a, absolutely. So my question is, um, 
when you've made a very intriguing point you know that you started off as a community manager when you're when you didn't have a product per se it was just being iterated and to be able to come out with a community and just keep them hyped up for the product that's coming i think that's pretty tough i think i think that's a very it's not it's a general phase that certain communities only face what were your insights that enabled you to be able to engage with your community at that time i think this is something that a lot of communities don't struggle with at the time because you need a community that vibes with the broader vision of your product but if you don't even have the product then what do you community getting with your community how did you deal with that at that point yeah so the way i conceptualize it is we have this idea of i have this idea of preseason right and i know this is a sports thing i'm not a big sports person but we have this idea of, i have this idea of preseason and i was like oh my god this is genius but i realized that having this almost prequel preseason that idea was a really compelling one because it was a build up to something happening right so the way i framed it was here's the preseason here are the events here are the insights the core team can share so it was just like boosting a signal and also creating content around what wonder was what we're building the issues in web3 it was it, i think it's really about providing a unique perspective i think in a lot of i came in in the bull market so that's my experience so far but i think a lot of issues in the bull market are just a lot of noise and i think the key and again this is i'm lucky i joined a really good project but or good company but i think the issue is like having something of value to offer right because if you're just like and this is no shade to the pfp project coming out but if you're just another iteration of something already done what are you saying what's unique what's special what's different and i think it's really tough and one of the critiques i had of the project early on actually and i've said this to the factors but was doing a token like centering the community around a token that actually looking back over the year been, i wonder i think that actually hurt the community more than it helped it because what it did is it made a lot of noise but not a lot of signal so i spent a year really trying to work on what is our signal at wonder right what is the point why are we here what are our values what is the reason people should be with us in this journey and i think that sounds like a simple question but answering it takes a lot of internal coordination right it takes a lot of leadership coordination and is really important i think if you know you're starting a new project or let's say you spin up a workspace on wonder cuz you're starting a new dao it's really important to make that very clear and it can always evolve right i'm not saying you have to figure it out and it's fixed forever but i think having that is really important and i think for preseason before our product launched my perspective was we need project management in web3 right we need it now and boy are you ready are you ready for you know when this product launches cuz it's going to help you with that i think that was a key of why the preseason was successful and then also the orbit season framework i think has also been compelling to people and interesting i intentionally designed it that way where i was like what's branding instead of having season 1 season 2 like everybody else what's something that's unique and special to us and we're all about the wonderverse space we have our space hub all these different things 
So I thought, okay, actually, let's think of this orbit. And actually, that was community generated too, where we were talking about, like, hey, what's a fun model for people? And then as we discussed, like, we talked about spaceships, we talked about orbits, and I was like, oh, what if we like had each season be a different orbit? And I thought that was a really fun idea. And then we ran with that. So what exactly are these orbits? You have yeah, it, the entire community running on orbits. How exactly are you theming your community work and all of that on the basis of these orbits, by the way? Yeah, so each orbit has a community content schedule that we're, we actually just announced in the Discord. We're going to post it <clears throat> on Twitter soon, I think. But we just have a schedule of different content, weekly content that people can attend. So most of it's now on Twitter because we're pivoting, but there is still some stuff in Discord, mainly the community call, community governance call. And they're also doing a build in public series with our design head and our engineering head. So they're going to do like our sessions where they just go through their process of designing the product and building the product, which is exciting. We'll record that for async folks as well. But the orbit is just to give people some grounding and also to give people rest. So in between orbits, we did two weeks off, right? We're still working internally on the next orbit, but I think it's also really important to not always be on. I think taking a note from nature, constant going leads to death, in my opinion. So it's really important that people feel that wonder is something that is exciting and then pauses, is exciting and then pauses. So it's not this overwhelming experience. That's another thing I learned in the bull cycle was just that People are burnt out, to be honest. And if we're trying to build a sustainable movement that can last for 30 years, we can't burn out from a one-year period. Like, that just makes zero sense. So yeah, that's the other thing I learned. I think just making this whole season approach itself, engaging with this orbit and bringing in that sort of thematic content that also aligns with the broader wonder thing, I think that's pretty neat. And I think what you've talked about with the whole getting in a break in general itself, it just reduces the whole fog of war, you know, that kind of comes in. You have yeah. crypto itself, that's like a nuke on top of a nuke feeling itself with the way the whole space evolves. And then what's going on within the community, if you keep doubling down on that, it's cool to have in these breaks where you just take a breather and then you have the energy to come in and do that. I think what a lot of communities miss is energy management, not just from an individual's perspective, but I think from a whole community energy itself and the key for a very good community manager is to be able to sense that when the energy is going low, when it's going high and just capitalizing mm -hmm. or making that difference happen. Yeah. I think that what people forget is that in the, the word human resource or HR is not the best way of framing it, but I think people forget that we are ourselves a resource and you can deplete any resource. And you can deplete human resources as well. And humans are not machines. I think one thing that's going to be interesting, I was actually talking about this, I don't know, and maybe on a Twitter space or something. So we, there's this thing called DAO Kit, which is a partnership between a ton of different DAO tooling orgs that I've been helping run. So it's Otter Space, Utopia Labs, Guild, a number of others. I could read the list off. Twitter space, right? Yes, yes, we did. And in that Twitter space, I think this is where I said it, but I'm not sure. But in that Twitter space, I was talking about how the, how in Web3, the most interesting thing becomes less about the technology as it improves and becomes more efficient and more about our human limitation, right? We need rest. We are on a circle or a globe, excuse me. We're on a globe. 
So if we need rest and we're on a globe, those are physical limitations of how much we can globally coordinate, right? If I'm in the US and then someone's in China, we don't have much time where we're both awake. Maybe if there's a night owl in China or something, or in India or in the Philippines or wherever people are. So I think what's going to be very interesting, and this is something I thought of early on in my Web3 kind of research phase, was that, and it's been elucidated by my community management experience, is that we're going to start to see like, er not errors, excuse me, like we're going to start to see like spheres of influence in those spheres overlapping. So it's going to be like you have the Americas, then you have like EA, and then you have APAC, right? You're going to start to see these kind of like quadrants, or I guess they're like, not quadrants, they're like tri tridents. <laughs> three, they're going to be like three slices of the earth pie, because it's just physically like that we can't all coordinate all the time. And I think that's going to be really interesting because the technology is 24-7. The technology, you can send a transaction whenever you want. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see how our physical planet limits our ability to coordinate with each other based on time. So I think in Web3 community management as a whole, as projects start to develop more, and you're already seeing this, you're going to see like different centers in each of those sectors. So the Americas, yay, and then APAC, and you're going to start seeing like hubs form. And then those hubs are going to start interacting because you can't interact live all the time. So it's that's that I think that's going to be very compelling to see how that how, how that shapes up. I think this aspect of hubs itself we are already seeing that with most of the DAOs itself. The way you have B itself, you have forget FWB any broader community itself will have different other discords for a certain country where they can self organize mm -hmm. work in the interest of the broader DAO itself. But very interesting point that I find is you have the physical limitation of time, we also have our own energy that comes into the scene and we are all different people, how we all operate. See an American guy, they go, you just don't know an American and how a Chinese guy operates are two different things. And being able to empathize with that on a broader collective is the key to be able to maintain that cohesion where you understand each other, but you bring them under the shared umbrella of what we care about common, mm -hmm. we keep moving that forward. But, and you've mentioned before that your community has evolved over a period of time. What your community was before it didn't even have a product to now, the demographics change, what your community cares about changes. And accordingly, it's up to the you, especially because you're the community manager, you're the frontline guy for this. The thing is, what I wanted to talk about here was that it's very necessary to sense the community. You have to understand your community throughout. You cannot lose out on what the community is doing. How do you keep gorging what this evolving community over periods of time to be able to assess whether their interests are changing? Because as you mentioned before, also, the key to making a community tick is delivering content. But then that content, how do you know what sort of content clicks with these people? It's only when you understand them, only what sort of interests matter and for the broader community itself. And at its heart, it's about sensing what your community is all about. How do you do that? So there's two, I think, campaign factors. There's what the company wants and there's what the people want. And I think that's where DAOs can start to coordinate a solution for those two parties. But it's really important to think about, okay, what's the point of wonder? The point, and as we've developed internally, the point is building the coordination layer, right? 
okay, who's coordinating? Internally, we've recently discussed not beginners who are going to be coordinating. It's going to be intermediate people. And I don't see anybody really targeting the intermediate people in Web3. So for me, it's about surveying the, 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 the kind of landscape and saying, who's not being served? Who's being overserved? I think there's way too much beginner content out there. I think there's way too much, what's a DAO? And that's important content, to be honest, but it doesn't serve people who said, okay, I know what a DAO is, now what? And I think Wonder, as a product, as a company, is the now what? Other tools like Guild, like there's starting to be a collection of people, Joke DAO is another great example. There's starting to be a collection of projects that are the now what's right? Because most people are not going to get into Web3 for DeFi. I got into Web3 through DeFi, but I'm a nerd. <laughs> right? I love learning about math and economics. Like I'm taking, I'm doing Calc on Khan Academy for fun. If anyone followed Twitter, I like, I took Calc in college, but I want to learn multivariable calculus. So I'm just like going to learn that by myself. Love that. I'm going to learn your know, on-chain data management. So anyway, I'm just like, I'm a nerd. And I, <laughs> and me, it's, it's fun to learn about DeFi. For most people, they don't care like that. Right. Most people don't even know what APY means. And they like have seen that on banks everywhere for always. So I, I think that the situation is the op where is the opportunity? What is your product? What is your company? And maybe you're serving an overserved population. For wonder, what I wanted in the community is I didn't want us to serve an overserved population because that would hurt our product and it would hurt the company and it would hurt the community. I wanted us to be providing legitimate value in a way that was digestible for the target. And if the target for Wonder is intermediate folks who are going to be building DAOs, that's not going to be someone who needs to know what is a DAO. They probably already did that. They probably already did a Google search, what is a DAO? Found that article from the beginner, from beginner org, and now they're looking for, okay, now what? How do I really do this thing? And what I want and that's why the book club build in public, like these different things that we're starting in orbit too. The point of them is to say to people, hey, we're not reinventing every single wheel here. We're using a new technology to solve an old problem, a problem that we've struggled as a species to solve. And I believe, my personal belief and also Wonder's belief, is that Web3 provides a novel solution to that. And maybe can provide some novel outcomes. So that's where my mind's at, where I'm like, okay, if I'm focusing on intermediate people, what is content that they will want to engage with that they will find meaningful? And I think two pieces are boosting the signal of wonder, which is why we're doing more on Twitter, right? Saying, hey, we're having more Twitter spaces. Hey, you're seeing wonder's name everywhere. Hey, we're doing more partnership spaces. Hey, we're building an ecosystem with other projects. That and then also once you say what is wonder, oh, a book club podcast, oh, their tweets are cool, oh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's neat. You have your target audience very mapped out. It is for intermediate people, people who understand a, a broader besides what is a DAO scene. It makes your life easy, by the way. You don't have to deal with considering what is a DAO. <laughs> uh, we, we still do, but I used to run events over here in Bangalore, uh, over here in India. And we used to talk about these sort of intermediate topics real high value topics. And then a lot of the community would just come in and say, but Abhishek, how do I get Bitcoin? What is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think something that's changed, and this is another thing, right? 
populations change over time, which is another thing. Everything is a moving function, right? I think in math a lot, everything is a moving function, right? Things like it's not stagnant. So I think people try to hit what is now, not what is going to be, right? So my prediction, again, this is hypothesis. I might be wrong. My hypothesis is there's a growing population of intermediate people in Web3. We had this rush of people, tons of noobs. They were educated, right? Let's say it was like a million people. Of the people who stayed, they are no longer beginners. They have a Web3 address. They have, they're on crypto Twitter. They're on Web3 Twitter. They, are, they know what Gitcoin is, right? They're introduced. So now it's like, how do we continue to engage them and continue to make them more un understand more deeply? Because not everybody is going to be a cryptographer, a blockchain expert, <laughs> a coder. That's just not what this is that's going to happen, right? That's always going to be like, everyone's not going to be a chemist. I think about this a lot. How many chemists do you really need? Probably not that many, right? <laughs> so you don't need many people who are vitalic. You need a number of them, but you don't need millions and millions of them, right? So for me, now that we have the developed technology, we have infrastructure with projects like Wonder, with projects like Guild, with projects like Lens, yada, now we're starting to get people who are beginner, intermediate, who need to understand how to use these tools and implement them into making a meaningful project, product, ecosystem, DAO, whatever they're doing. So that's my prediction. And that's the target I see where the population is moving towards, not away from. And again, this is not like a fixed function. It's always going to ebb and flow as we have kind of interest events, which I don't call them bull market. I think that's a nonsensical word. I call them interest cycles, right? Interest cycles that lead to pumping because more people are buying. But anyway, <laughs> so the interest cycles, those are when noobs come in. There are people who don't know what's going on. They just hear about the money. They start exploring. And then there's never the okay, yeah. what now? And I want Wonder to be the what now. And if we can capture that market of what now, then we can be, I don't like the word gatekeeper, but I'm going to use it for just brevity's sake. We'll be the gatekeeper of where should you go next? What tools can you use on Wonder? What tools integrate with Wonder? And we can start to be that gateway for the whole rest of the 20 years of the Web3 venture instead of one year of the Web3 adventure. That's pretty neat. You mentioned you want to see it as interest cycles itself. And there's an underserved market for content that caters to this sort of intermediate people itself. I partly see empathize with your frustration as well. I've gone and I'm struggling with a lack of content that reaches our level. You know, it's not coming out of some sort of neglect towards bigness, but then we all want to grow, right? We all want to grow and we all want to do our best within the DAO space also. There should be content that matches all. And what you're trying to do with Wonder being that gateway for these the level fives, so the level tens to be, to, re, to, to like level up to the next level hundred for the DAO space. I think that's pretty neat. One thing here is, okay, now this whole question of making it inclusive, right? Now you have the intermediate people, you want to make uh, that sort of content that engages with them, but come on, your community wonder is so pretty awesome to the right there. The way in which you market yourselves, the whole uh, vibe of your team, beginners may like that. They want to engage with that. And what do you yeah. as a community manager do there? Because on one hand, you do care, you do have this um, sector that you're very keen on. You want to develop content for them. You engage with them. Sure. 
that that segment itself dealing with that is a complete life cycle of its own but you have so many beginners coming in and would you is that's like a tough call to take because on one hand if you get them into the pathway to contribution you alienate your your the people who are intermediates you you talk to them about what is a dao then the intermediates will be like oh this is getting boring got to pack but mm-hmm. the, you know so if you've been taught all this while that dao should be inclusive you must you must try to get everybody my personal take is we got to be exclusive we even though we are like decentralized we as a community we care about certain things but we got to be exclusive for the people that we care about and that panning across the globe for that sort of value and for that sort of information in your head if you are there across the globe we want you all in but we are not meant for everybody and that's yeah. my take on it what is your take yeah and i think that this is the issue we see with social media right it's like we don't scale well we just don't as humans we don't scale well we are very there's three of us on this call we're individual people we have our own interests we have our own sleep schedules we have our own cultures like we don't scale well and humans human history the exploration and the engagement with other humans around the world was so slow right you had the silk road and the connection of eurasia and so it's, we don't scale well internet is helping us scale more than we've ever been able to scale connect more than we've ever been able to connect but we don't do it well right i think that's a human thing not a tech thing So my my perspective on that is if you serve everybody you serve nobody. We need one coffee shop or one bakery is to miss the point of why we're doing anything. Right? We're doing things because we're interested in them. We're doing things because we have our own unique perspective on them. In a world of millions, billions of people, there's enough space for all of us to make communities that make sense for us, right? I really believe in co-opetition, right? I believe in the diversity where it's there can be the same thing many times and they all can be successful because they all serve different people they all serve a different vibe i think monopoly is the death of us if we only have one thing that does everything so i think that inclusivity is less is more about not turning away people you wouldn't think would be interested it's not about saying everyone needs to be here so that's actually a big thing i've done a lot of di work in, in chemistry and my chemist roles and stuff and i think the big thing i learned from web3 and thinking of this like grand web3 culture is that it's more important to not have bias than it is to need to make a space for everybody right so if i let's say a developer and then a woman comes and oh you're not obviously not a developer that's that moment right right so it's again it's about mission it's about purpose it's about perspective and it's not about making everything through going to the wonder example if there are people who come in to our community and say hey what is any of this stuff maybe i point them to layer 3 maybe i point them to another one of our partners in our ecosystem that is going to be able to educate them and hold their hand and now they'll know that when they're at the wonder level they can always come and we'll be welcoming and if they have questions they can ask us we're experts right so i think it's more about having resources and point people in the right direction let's say someone's looking for a really diverse web3 community of women oh like there's so many of those communities there's crypto oh my god i'm trying to play game but there's a lot of those communities and i know them 
generally, or I can look them up and point them in that direction. And I think that's just the most important thing. Let's say someone, there's a, there's a, someone who wants to learn about DeFi and we're not really doing DeFi at Wonder. That's not the point of our project. Oh, Shefi, go check them out. So there's ways to, or Blue Dow, that's the one I was trying to think of. Blue Dow is a great woman and non-binary led organization for increasing diversity within Web3. So there's plenty of places that are already doing great work and doing the things right. So I think it's more about helping. And if someone's not your target saying, oh, hey, I actually know of a great place you can go, come back here in, in three months. And when you're ready, when you're ready to think of a DAO and you're ready to build your project, Wonder will be here to support you. So I think it's all about creating positive impressions, positive touch points, and turning people not away, but towards something that will serve them better. I think that's a phenomenal way that you've mentioned this aspect of cooperation. And if you have people that don't get what you're up to, you just point them towards a community that can. You take a look at the way the traditional world operates. It's completely, we want everything. We want the whole world. We want to satisfy everything. And any other competitor itself, what are the competitor? Do they exist? No. That's the mentality. But here you have this openness with other communities itself. And you mentioned that you want to be able to have this sort of competition. And my guess is, do we start to see, I mean, see, when you talk about Utopia, Guild, you this collective of people, you serve the same bunch, you serve the same intermediate folks. People who are not beginners and they want to be able to make a name and with what were they doing in the DAO space. They want to be able to run their tool DAOs pretty well. Do we start to see a shared form of community building together besides just pointing out each other community? To, I mean, because you have a similar insights about what sort of demographics your community is. What do they vibe about? Why don't we see collaboration in that front where you could help each other out? How do you see this kind of growing? And do we start to see this broader ecosystem approach help community building for an individual community? Yeah, I think this is about our old models of governance, right? Corporate structuring. If every, and this is my critique of profit. Profit's a very simple metric. Profit is number go up. Profit doesn't do much more than that, right? So when people say profit is like the gold standard, in my opinion, it's like, I use this example of the, I'm not sure if you guys know the metaphor or the allegory of the AI who's trained to make paper clips and become sentient and then destroys everything and starts colonizing space to make more paper clips faster. That's what profit is. It's just a simple metric of how to do something or how to direct a ship to drive value for shareholders, drive value for whoever. So for me, I think the issue, and I'm hoping Web3 can solve part of this, is that if our only goal is always profit, we will always step over each other and try to destroy each other because the goal of profit is to make more. And if somebody else is making profit, you want them. I think it's a very simple function, to be honest. And I don't see why people like make it so complicated. It's very simple, very straightforward, very simple. And in my opinion, in Web3, hopefully with shared ownership, with people sharing this infrastructure together, there will be more of a vibe of competition, right? I think competition is fine but it can't be the death of us, right? Part of Dow Kit, part of that exploration with these other companies is saying, can we even do this? Does this start to, does this even make sense? What happens when we start needing to, when we start making revenue and we're starting to comp compete more with each other? I don't know the answer, but I think it's an, a worthwhile exploration to do and to see, and then to take that case study back to everybody and say, hey, this is what we learned. 
how can we find a better system? How can we improve upon it? But, but yeah, that's my perspective. Why we don't see it in our world is because profit makes it so we don't share. And it becomes almost you learn in kindergarten or when you're a kid, sharing is caring, but we don't live that life. <laughs> we don't live in a world where sharing is caring. We live in a world where taking everything for yourself makes you the most important person. Yeah. When you do grow up from kindergarten, it becomes less about sharing candies. It's, oh, he got a better rank than I did. <laughs> oh man, he's got a flashy car. I think we got to beat him to that. <laughs> and I think that's a general world that we've lived through. That's that we are just being this byproduct of and Web3 and the way you guys are uh, trying to shape that with DAOKIT in general. It's fighting the machine in a sense. <laughs> and that's pretty neat. So punk of us, rock on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and in a regenerative sense, not the degen. Totally. Absolutely. In that sense, it's pretty cool guys are up to. I know that we are short on time. So I want to know more about what's in store for the broader Wonderverse community and for the beginners, I think that's a bigger word not today, but okay. <laughs> What's in store for how can beginners contribute to the broader Wonderverse journey itself? <laughs> yeah, totally. So we have a Discord where I live and people can jump in there. We also have our Twitter where we post about different stuff. We post about bounties that are on our platform. And I have a personal Twitter that people can follow as well. Where I talk about some of the stuff we talked about today. But what's next for Wonder is just continuing to build a world-class product for people to use, to connect, to grow, and to build amazing projects together. We have an amazing team working on that, amazing engineers, amazing designers, amazing product people, and an amazing community team, of course, to try to make that happen. So yeah, those are the places you can find us. And of course, we have wonderverse.xyz. And if you want to learn more about the product, that's where you can learn there. It's currently free. So you can sign up. You just have, you need your web figure address. You can sign in with MetaMask, wallet connect, wherever you want, and then start exploring and see if it might be a useful tool for you. Amazing. And what about you personally? You are this hub of insights, man. I think your entire- <laughs> Thank you. I think you cover so much subjects itself and you vibe so well with the community itself. It's fun following you about your insights. Where can people do that? And you're reading so much also, by the way, with the podcast. What's the latest book you're into for people you know, on a closing note? <laughs> yeah. So I, I mentioned the operating manual for space, Spaceship Earth as a book that we're going to be reading for the book club. But personally, I actually read this trilogy. It's called This Alien Earth, and it's a trilogy. And just wow. funny thing about me, I don't read nonfiction, really. I read mostly like science fiction fantasy because nice. I find that is what makes me think the most. I think it provides the most imagination, critical analysis, like creating a new world you want to see. So that was a really phenomenal book. Learned a lot of lessons from that. And the ending of the book, I'm not going to ruin it, but just the general theme was <laughs> how do we build a better world for each other? How do we become more compassionate for each other? And I think the Web3 I see is also answering that question. So yeah, and you can find me, I'm Madam Cult Leader on, that's my like, just my bio, but my handle is at cult underscore leader underscore N, which is E-N. So yeah, that's where you can find my Twitter. And yeah, I, I don't know, it was great. It was great talking with you guys. Nice to meet you <laughs> officially <laughs> on, on live, not async. So definitely share your handles with me so I can follow you guys. I'm excited to collaborate in the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was a wonderful pleasure, you know, chatting with you guys. I enjoyed it. I would love to have you on again for future episodes also. Of course. Probably if there are any books that, you know, the Wonderverse team is not down to covering in your latest podcast, do hop by. We'll chat about it. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. And with that, Great, we, guys. And with that, we, we move on. It's been a phenomenal episode. Stay tuned and we'll see you again. Thank you.